So today I'm talking to the lovely Ella Reed. Hello, Ella. Hello. And you've just taken over as pastor for women and volunteers at the church. Yes. Excellent. How's it going so far? Really good. Um, I'm in week five. I'm still here. Um, and it's great. It's been, yeah, a really great last last few weeks of kind of getting to know the team, getting to know a bit more about what's happening across the church um, and also trying to figure out, I guess, what the priorities are for both of those ministry areas moving forward. So I'm loving it. Great. So tell us, what does a typical day look like for you? Mm. At the moment, it's quite varied. So throughout January, I have just been doing two days a week, uh, soon to be three days a week. So one of my days of the week throughout January has been being based in the office, spending time with the team, um, doing team meetings, trying to stay on top of my emails. <laughs> and yeah, just doing lots of kind of introductory e-learning, reading policies, basically figuring out what my role is, is going to look like moving forwards. And then my Thursdays, most of them have been spent at Grow Baby at the yard, which has been awesome. So we've spent the mornings basically giving out baby clothing and equipment to people in the local area who are in need. Oh, that sounds great. So how did this all begin? Where did your journey into faith begin? Did you become a Christian overnight, as some people do, or has it been more of a gradual journey for you? So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, went to Sunday school, was surrounded by people who were praying. I went to Church of England school, so it was really common for us to say grace at lunchtime, sing hymns in assembly, etc. But I feel like I didn't really own my faith until I turned 18, really. So I was in my gap year and basically had an experience of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And it changed absolutely everything all of a sudden I was like, oh, all these things that people have told me for my whole life, all these songs that I've sung for my whole life, you know, all these things people have prayed for me throughout my life, felt like they made sense. Um, And I felt like for the first time I'd met Jesus for myself. And yeah, I think he, he completely kind of changed me as a person, gave me a really different perspective on life. And as much as I still kind of woke up, you know, the day after being like, I'm still Ella and I still like a lot of the same things, etc. Um, I felt like he kind of started off this work in me of transforming me very slowly and very gradually more into his likeness um, and started kind of giving me a heart for justice and compassion ministries and serving people in need essentially so definitely still on that journey but um yeah really it was when I when I was a teenager that I kind of got 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 it for myself so how did you come to be at Southwest London Vineyard how long ago was that now so we've been coming to the church uh for nearly six years um so Matt and I my husband and I met up in Birmingham um as university students back in the day And we basically met because we ended up going to a vineyard church up there, which was amazing. And neither of us had ever been to a vineyard church up until that point. We'd both gone to C of E's growing up and um, our families were both involved in C of E's as well. Um, So yeah, we met at at the vineyard up in Birmingham and we both just loved it. It felt like an environment that felt really natural to both of us and kind of felt like home. Then we got married in 2016 and we moved to London 
um, and we were going to a different church over in Hammersmith, um, which just didn't, it just didn't feel right for us. And we basically got to a point where we were starting to think about moving on. And Matt actually Googled um, vineyard churches in London because we'd been to one before, knew that we loved it. And at the time we were living in Southfields and we were like, I can't believe that there's a church, a vineyard church five minutes round the corner from where we were living. And we came along one Sunday morning and it just felt like walking back into home. It immediately felt familiar. It felt right. It just felt like the place that we were supposed to be in. Oh, and have you worked on many teams? I know obviously you're working for the church now, but have you served on many teams in that time? Which one has been your favourite team? So I haven't actually been super involved in serving on different teams. The The main thing I guess that Matt and I have done together is um, we ran a house group pre-lockdown. Um, it was a really frustrating time in many ways, actually, to be leading a house group, which I'm sure lots of people would have had the same experience of. We just started up this group, which was basically for young adults. Um, and it was amazing. There were so many people coming along. It felt really exciting, really full of the Holy Spirit. And yeah, it felt like a really amazing opportunity to go deeper in relationship and friendship with people at church. And we had um, a few incredible weeks and then lockdown hit and um, kind of put pay to that. Obviously, overnight, everything went online um, and yeah, it it kind of um, just changed the nature, didn't it, of our engagement with church. So it was a great experience of um, helping to lead a house group. We ran it with Charlie, um, who used to work here. Um, but yeah, it, it also felt... Um, yeah, just frustrating that it yeah. got cut short, really. Yeah, and, and and obviously we all know it was a really difficult time for mm. lots of the different ministries that we were doing, and mm. so actually now is a time for a fresh start. And yeah, uh, yeah clearly your fresh start is here in the office. Yeah. Um, have you got a time where you felt particularly close to God, or mm. is there something that's happened in your life where you can say to people, "Jesus did that for me"? Mm. I think the time where I have probably felt the presence of God the most closely is probably around the time when I became a Christian. Um, so probably like most of us, I'd had some turbulent teenage years of not really being interested in faith. My friendships didn't really reflect, you know, a, a kind of God-filled life. I kind of went through the classic phase of drinking vodka out of a bottle in the park etc etc and so I guess then when I kind of got to this this place of owning my faith for the first time it felt like for me personally quite a kind of transformation as much as I had always been aware that God existed it felt like quite a significant turning point in my life and I just remember this feeling of the Holy Spirit kind of gently undoing so much I guess of my own kind of pain, my own hurt, um, and and kind of unpicking me in a way as a person, the way that I looked at the world, the way that I looked at relationships, the way that I looked at my relationship with myself as well. I felt this real kind of restoration of him starting to impart in me parts of his character, but also kind of parts of the way that he felt about me, if that makes sense. And I remember that being a real kind of just life-changing experience that um, 
was really, really powerful. I really felt the Holy Spirit really close to me, kind of counselling me and comforting me and ministering to me. So Ella, do you have a favourite Bible passage or a worship song? I do. So my favourite worship song, one of my favourites, I have quite a few, is Oceans by Hillsong. And for anyone that doesn't know it, look it up on YouTube because it's amazing. But it's basically this really beautiful song about God calling us out into the water, I guess into unknown waters and into what could be kind of choppy waters and the fact that our feet may fail us, but actually he's enough to to help us not to sink, essentially. And that was a song for me that became really poignant when I was at university, studying psychology, had absolutely no idea really what I wanted to do with my life. And I felt this call from God through that song specifically of trusting him and putting one foot in front of another. And the song became really significant for me as I started to think about, I guess, moving my career into some kind of response to modern slavery and human trafficking, which particularly at that time I felt was what God was asking me to do. And obviously that felt really scary and really daunting. And I was like, I am so ill qualified to help these people and to launch into this really, really, really dark um, kind of underbelly of, of the world, I guess. And I just felt God speak to me again through that song, Oceans, about trusting him and not being afraid to to let him call me out onto the waters, even if I couldn't see the way. And even if it felt like the waves were really choppy and might go over my head and pull me under. So, yeah, that um, that's a song that God still speaks to me through, actually. I just think it's so, so beautiful and the lyrics are so powerful. And carrying on from that, it obviously sounds like you are very passionate about the work that you did do. Is that something that you're still passionate about or is there something else that has been laid on your heart? And what are you doing about it? Mm. I think I think it's always going to be my passion and I, I think it's always going to be my calling. This thing around supporting the marginalised, supporting the least, the last and the lost, about being able to work with the Holy Spirit to be a part of someone's journey to having hope restored to them and dignity restored to them. It's something I've always been kind of passionate about justice. I remember being a kid on the playground and where like, you know, a bunch of kids would be picking on another kid. I remember always having this indignance and this like fire rising up in my belly about looking after people who were being treated badly and being able to use my voice and my influence to um, change the tide or to be a part of changing the tide for people who are having a really difficult time. So I feel like when I kind of met the Holy Spirit for the first time, these kind of like sparks that I think had been laid inside of me felt like the breath of God just blew on them and it became this, I guess, overwhelming desire to, yeah, to use my my time and my career and to build some skills to be able to make a difference to people who really needed it. So I feel excited to kind of bring that passion into this role uh, at Southwest and to be able to figure out what that looks like in a new environment where I get to be really overt about bringing the Holy Spirit into what I'm doing. The jobs that I've done before, I've kind of been able to support people in what I think are actually quite meaningful ways, but it's always been limited by the fact that I've not been able to pray for people or to even tell them that I'm praying for them. And I feel really excited to be able to bring that kind of drive and um, 
yeah that that passion into this environment and to be able to totally put Jesus at the center of everything I'm doing and not to have to pretend to some people that I'm not doing that because I can't tell them do you know what I mean yeah and if there are people listening to this who have gotten hold of this passion or they already have it inside them okay they might not choose to spend their career chasing and, and pursuing this but they they do have time or they do have a, a, a something inside them what would you suggest that they do what, what can people do just in their own homes with the people that they know or the time that they have what would you recommend I think the first thing um, potentially a really obvious thing to say but is prayer I think I know in myself I'm really quick when I can see a need or an area um, where we might be able to serve people or support people. I can be really quick to try and run before I can walk and think, yeah, I've got the passion. Yeah, I know how to help this person or, you know, I know a bunch of uh, services I could signpost somebody to or whatever it is. And actually, I'm trying to get better at before I rush in and I try and find the solution, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to direct me and guide me but also ultimately to you know for for him to be the one that starts to change people's circumstances rather than me to try and rush in and do that for them so I think that's something that all of us can really easily do is to be praying for people around us that we know are having difficult times to be praying for people even that we don't know are around us that are having difficult times you know there's gonna be people surrounding us in our homes in our workplaces we'll be sat next to people on the bus or the tube as we go to work who might be fleeing domestic abuse or might be in a situation of modern slavery or might be struggling with their mental health whatever it is so I think prayer is one that we're quite quick to overlook but definitely the most powerful way that we can really make a difference but also there are um, other opportunities where we might be able to give our time. So there's opportunities to get involved at the yard in different ministries that are um, happening, serving the local community, lots of whom have got really difficult stuff going on for different reasons. But also if there's anyone listening to this that kind of feels this passion um, and, and resonates with anything that I'm saying, then I'd love to just have a chat. I'm really kind of open to working out what do people think are the best ways that we can continue supporting the communities around us. And I'm sure there's lots of people that have much, much better ideas than I do about how to do that. So I'd love to chat to anybody um, if anyone has any thoughts on that. Great, let's hope they do. Um, So moving away from this element and, and moving into the more lighter side of the conversation, what do you do for fun? Whenever I think about this question, I always feel like the most boring person because I genuinely don't really have any hobbies. <laughs> I don't have a huge amount of spare time at the moment um, with a little nearly one year old who takes up most of our time. But if I think about, OK, if I had a day, a free day and I was going to do something that I found really fun and life giving, probably be a long walk involved. <laughs> which I know is a really boring answer but I love a long walk being out in nature being surrounded by beauty getting fresh air I love putting my wellies on going straight for all the muddy puddles like I did when I was a child and then there'd have to be a pub lunch I love a glass of a good glass of red wine at this point of the year being sat by the fire definitely something with chips to eat just eating good food having something nice to drink spending time with people that I love 
and probably watching a bit of Harry Potter as well. I'm absolutely obsessed. Well, that definitely sounds like lots of fun. I don't know what you're talking about. And it feels like having done that long walk, you've totally earned the wine, the food and, and the Harry Potter, obviously. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So you're going to be on a desert island for the last part mm. of our conversation. Now, what I want to know is you're on there on your own. Is that going to fill you with joy or does it fill you with dread? Probably a really unhelpful answer, but I think a bit of both. Mm. I think I'm one of those people that's an extroverted introvert. So I know that when I recharge and when I need to rest, that's being quiet, probably being on my own, lighting some candles, watching a murder mystery, something like that. But I know that I need people to maintain my sanity. So a bit of both. Yeah, fair enough. That sounds like most people have answered that way. Um, so you are on your desert island on your own for your little bit of quiet times, not forever. What I need to know is, what book would you take? You get the Bible, obviously, uh, but you're allowed to take another book. Uh, I'm wondering if it might be Harry Potter. But let's wait and see. Some kind of snack of choice, and you get to have a luxury item. And if you're into podcasts, is there a podcast that you would take with you or recommend? Great questions. Okay, so the book would definitely be Harry Potter. It would be book number six, The Half-Blood Prince. In my opinion, the best book of the entire series. I also love the film, but I'm not allowed the film as well, am I? No. Just the the book. So take The Half-Blood Prince, that would definitely be my book, obviously after the Bible. Um, My luxury item, now I don't know if this is cheating, but I would like to take my whole bed. I'm talking the bed, the memory foam mattress, the memory foam mattress topper, the Hungarian goose down duvet. Wow. And the memory foam hypoallergenic pillows. That does sound like a good sleeping arrangement. I feel sorry if you ever have to sleep at anybody's house, ever. You're always going to be disappointed. Honestly, the struggle is real. Whenever we go away, even if we go to stay in a really nice hotel, which we don't do very often, but we go to a nice hotel or we go to an Airbnb, we are always disappointed by the beds. And it's like the best thing about coming home is just knowing that we're going to be sleeping in our own bed, fresh sheets, all of the comforts. That's the thing that I just couldn't live without on a desert island. <laughs> no. And we could arrange, you know, it's a luxury item to make sure you've got clean sheets every day. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Because it's going to be sandy. Yes. Gonna, they're going to smell salty. Yeah. Yeah, no. let's keep them fresh. Yeah, good idea. Uh, a snack. What snack are you going to be eating whilst you're sitting in bed reading your book? This is a difficult one because I have quite a few guilty pleasures when it comes to snacks. There's a couple of biggies. One of them is crisps. I'm quite particular. I like the orange, nice and spicy knickknacks. Wow. Or salt and vinegar Pringles or mm. hula hoops in any of the flavours. But I also love sweets. So it would be like strawberry laces, cola laces, giant cola bottles... I basically need like a snack station. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds like we're asking for more than one luxury item now. Snack station attached to the bed. Maybe it's one of those Ottoman beds, you know, and then you just have all your snacks hidden underneath. Yeah. 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 A wine fridge under there as well. <laughs> also a coffee machine. I need good coffee. Yeah. yeah I think you're asking a lot now. <laughs> Ella, it was lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much. You too.